Hello, I'm back for another podcast, but this one is going to be a bit different. Normally, I sit and I talk about the things that I've gone through in my life and how people can relate to me and like um, teaching while I'm still learning and talking about situations and how to get through them and everything in between. But today, I'm actually going to read from notes, which I don't usually do. But as I do that, I'm going to unpack them because they are notes from my church service today that I actually almost missed because I woke up late and I was trying to decide. I was like, do I really want to go? Um, But I'm so glad that I did because not only does this give me this opportunity to talk about such a good sermon, but it was such a good sermon. So... Um, starting out with a little bit of context, I go to Waymaker Church, um, and we are going through a series called, um, Mountain Moments, um, and today specifically, we didn't have the same pastor as we usually do, so I don't really know his name, so I'll, like, be quoting him, and I just don't know, like, I don't remember what his name was, because I'm just not good at remembering, um, names like that, but, um, we went through Matthew 5. Um, And then we also went through Exodus 3 and Exodus 19, and it was um, based around mountaintop moments, Um, and one being Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, and then two being God meeting um, Moses in the burning bush on a mountaintop, and three being Mount Sinai, where God um, gave... Moses, the Ten Commandments. Um, So we started out by talking about Matthew 5 and then flipping to Exodus 3. Um, But in Matthew 5, um, verse 1, it um, says, Seeing the crowds, he went up from the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. That was a big thing because God sat down, in an area with so many people and his disciples in front of him and he just sat down and he just began to teach in such a full and awkward area on top of a mountain um he began to teach life-changing things um but it was also kind of a good relative moment because a lot of the times in the bible and especially in the new testament we relate things or they related things um kind of like a flashback or um backing things up with research or kind of just representing them as moments that were similar or the same as things said in the Old Testament. Or um, the New Testament would quote a lot of the things in the Old Testament a lot of the time. And so um, this part where God was coming from a mountain was to kind of bring back to the moments of the many times that God taught Moses on top of a mountain, but to also prove to the point that Jesus is way greater than Moses. Um so there there are multiple things that come from this. God sitting down and teaching on a mountain um about very very important things and there were people that were there that were like, "Oh yes, Jesus, like all the way. I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen and I'm going to be so attentive and I'm going to write down my notes and I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell my family about this. I'm going to tell all my friends like this is so good." And then there were people that were just like either one, they don't want to even be on that mountain. They don't want to go up there. They don't want to learn about it. They don't want to obey Christ. They don't want to um hear all of these things that he's saying and that he wants for their life or two um, we don't want to go up to that mountain and hear a sermon that's going to be like the one that we last listened to, but that we also lost something listening to. 
Um, so there are many things that come with a relationship with Christ. There's joy, there's peace, there's comfort, there's love, but there's also things that you will lose. Now, a lot of the times people don't understand that losing things and Christ taking something away from them is all in God's plan. And people can tell them that they can be like, oh, but it's for the plan of God. It's for the greater good of like what God wants to do in your life. But the people just don't understand. They just totally miss the point of it because they're so focused on the thing that God took away from them, that they're just not seeing the point of the fact of what God is doing in their life because of that. Um, For me, God took away friends. As I've said in podcasts previously, it was God taking away friends that were just not good in my life. And I didn't understand. I was like, Lord, like, why did I not have good friends? Like, why don't I have any friends at all? And then I sat with him and I really understood. I had one of those sit down moments and talks with God, like I talk about in most of my podcasts. And I realized that God is taking these things out of my life so that he can give me something so much greater and that will do good um in my relationship with god so people don't understand that they they don't want to go back up on that mountain to hear this talk from jesus they don't want to hear the sermon on the mount because last time that they had a sermon like this last time they had a chat with god like this and they sat down and god took something away from them they just did not understand that god has such a better plan for them and they didn't understand what that meant um so um, another another example of somebody who just didn't know what was going on on that mountain is just somebody who is just so dried up and they just don't want to hear it. Um, they're just unbothered. They're a part in their life where they're just like, mm, I don't care. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, um, yeah, Jesus, we love him, but it's just like, eh. Or they don't want to hear it because they just don't care. They don't want to care about Jesus. They don't want to hear about him. They're like, mm, whatever. Um, or they're just so lost and they're so gone and they're so sinful that they just don't believe that they can come back. Um, they don't believe that God has anything for them because they are so down and they were so far gone. Which let me just tell you one thing. Um, Moses, I feel like everyone who goes to church or um, hears a sermon ever knows about who Moses is. Um, but what they don't know about Moses a lot of the time is that Moses committed one of the biggest sins in the Bible, um, and that was murder. Um, I think when we all think of Moses, we think about how his family didn't want him killed because it was that new law in Egypt where, like, the first son is, like, murdered, and um, which is, like, the greatest sin. And um, so they took him, and they put him in a basket, and he floated down the river and was perfectly safe until it came to the Pharaoh's wife and daughter, and they picked him up, and they took him in as his own, and they raised him in that family. Um, now Moses, at some point in his life, came to know who he was. Um, he came to understand that he was an Israelite and that he was not any, like, he wasn't an Egyptian or, um, anything like that, and, um, he really kind of left it to find, like, his purpose, I guess. Um, but in doing so, he lost his way, obviously, because he just didn't have God. Um, and he murdered somebody. Um, and that's just a story for another time. But God took a murderer. Um, somebody who committed, like, the number one, like, the biggest sin in the Bible, like, killing somebody that God could use, or just killing a life that God put on this earth for a reason, and totally taking that life away from not only that person, not only their family members, not only from their friends, but from God, um, and God took this murderer, and he made him one of the, um, 
biggest examples and world changers in the Bible. Um, so we open up and we read Exodus and we read about Moses's um, change and how he lived life out for God. But we also have to sit and understand that um, Moses was dried up and um, laid to waste. He was a murderer. He was a sinner. He was far gone. He was lost. He didn't understand. Um, he went up on this mountain for who knows why. Um, and then he just sees this burning bush sitting in front of him. And he's like, what the heck? Like this bush is burning, but it's just, it's not burning. Like it's, it's on fire, but it's just not burning up. Like what is going on? This is odd. This isn't science. Like what the heck is going on? Um, and then God took that and he was in this bush and he was like, Hey Moses, like, Hey girl, it is me. It is I, it is, it is God. Like, um, let's have a chat. I want you to go to Egypt and tell them that like God has sent me the one who is the one who was and the one who is to be, um, the God sent me to tell you to free the Israelites. Um, and if you don't do it, like he's going to send a plague on you until you do like problem solved. We're going to get these Israelites free. Um, now Moses could have said no, um, but he didn't. Um, Moses could have never gone onto that mountain, um, and God would have most likely found a way to free all of those Israelites through somebody else or with some other situation, but God chose Moses. God chose this sinner, this person who was so far gone, this person that was lost and took him and changed him so that he could change the world for the greater good of God, um, If you hear my brother in the background, I am so sorry. The Lord took Moses, um, somebody who was such a sinner and so far gone, somebody who was dried up and laid to waste, um, and he had a personal connection to Moses through a burning bush that was still perfectly fine and not ashy or like, like actually burning. Um, and he made a personal connection with him to show him that he was God, to show him his character, and to show him his compassion. Um, and one of the big notes from church was, like, that was put on the screen was, the Lord comes to people and chooses people and chooses to be personal with them so that we can know his character and compassion. Um, which is so big. Like, why would we serve a God that we don't even know? Like, why would we serve a God that... Um, we don't understand like growing up in the church and you're sitting there and you're learning all of these things, but you just don't really have a real connection or a relationship with God. Like, how are you supposed to do these things? Um, and then people who serve other gods that aren't even real, um, why do they do that? Because those gods don't have compassion for them. Those, so to say, God, with air quotes around them, wouldn't die on a cross and put themselves for the ultimate pain, the ultimate punishment for people who were murderers like Moses. Um, and to um, take that punishment um, for the other people and their followers and their, their people to come so that they can have eternal life with them. Nobody else would do that. Like, I, I okay, I, I'm so thankful that God would. I'm sorry, I would not. Like, 
I don't like pain. I'm terrified of death. Like, there are just all of these things around that that it's just like an absolutely no, I pass. Um, so, like, all props to God. Like, I'm so beyond blessed. We all are. Um, God is compassionate with us and he has compassion for a relationship with us because if he didn't, you best know he would not have sent his only son down on this earth to give his life up so that we could spend eternal life with him. Uh, so as God was talking to Moses in this burning bush, um, he presented himself as who he was, Yahweh, and he told Moses to go, to go spread my word, to go to Egypt and to tell him to free the Israelites, because if not, God is going to do what he can do. Um, I am Yahweh. He is going to do what God can do to get his people free, um, because he has compassion for them. And that is his character. Um, the next set of notes that I did write down is God gives a divine calling to Moses. God replied to Moses saying, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent, um, has sent me. Um, I am who was and who always be. Um, and that is actually the definition of Yahweh. Um, the first, the first name and the first really time in the Bible that God really presented who he was, um, to somebody with being like, hey, like owning it. Like it was one of his girl boss moments where he was like, mm, yeah, this is me. Like I am Yahweh. I am the Lord. Um, I am they. I am he who was and who is to be. Um, this was his moment. Uh, and saying that to Moses. And so Moses did. He went to Israel and um, he did all of these things. But the bigger the bigger piece of this is the fact that God made so much more out of Moses um, than what Moses was. He took a murderer, the person who had the biggest sin in all of everything, um, killing a life that Jesus made himself, handcrafted this person, thought about them in his head and was like, yes, this is who I want this person to be. And Moses killed them. Um, he took Moses so broken and down and sinful and he took him and chose him to be such a world changer in the name of Jesus Christ um, and how God can do this for us. Now, I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, hey, you murdered a chick, like, um, but God has something bigger than, like, bigger than that because um, at ten, 10 times, like, nine times out of 10, like, that is just not the whole message. Like, God's going to use you. If you murdered somebody, if you murdered somebody, I think that you need to take that somewhere. Um bigger than me and a podcast with me, but, um, God can use you no matter what you've done, no matter what you've gone through. Um, me being who I am and the things that I have done and the things that I've grown up with and, um, gone through, um, experiencing new things in high school and in middle school and everything in between, um, not only have I learned from those mistakes, but I've learned how God can use me through those mistakes um and God can do the exact same thing with you no matter how big they are because he did it with Moses and he did it with so many other people in the Bible um and God took um a broken world and broken people from this world and um worldly people and sinful people and he totally changed them gave them a 180 in their life and was like hey this is what i want you to do and they chose god and they lived that out and not only did they 
bless so many others and give so many others this availability to have a relationship with Christ, but they get to spend an eternal life with Christ because they submit to him and they were honest with him and God blessed them beyond compare because of this. Um, but then at the same time, God never scolded Moses for the murder. Um, he didn't scream at him for what I know. I mean, I could go through and I could study Exodus a few more times and make sure. But um, God didn't scream at him and God didn't doesn't scream at us for the things that we have done wrong. He sits and he cries and he weeps with us because his heart breaks for us when our heart is broken. Um for me, it's like when I was struggling a few months ago, I was struggling with certain things. I honestly couldn't even tell you what they were. I just remember that I was struggling for like a two-week time period. And I think I did talk about that in one of my podcasts. Um, but I prayed to God and I was like, Lord, you know I'm hurting because I know you're hurting with me. Like I'm your child and I'm trying to search you out and I'm trying to be in your mission and I'm just so lost and I'm hurting. Um, and I... I I realized real quick that, like it says in the Bible, that God, God weeps for us. God sits in there and he mourns for us and um, he feels for us. So we're not going through any of this alone. Um, his heart breaks for us in this world and this place that we live in because this, this worldly place was never his intention. Um, and then, you know, that devil of a snake came in and changed that with Adam and Eve. But like... Uh, this, is, this isn't this is what God had for us. He doesn't want us to be broken. That was never his plan. Um, and ever since, you know, that snake came in and set us apart, he created consecration in, the, cons, yeah, consecration in this earth, um, which consecration means to be set apart, um, to set apart, be set apart from God, to be set apart from others, to be set apart from a situation. Um, in every scenario, that's what it means. Um, so God really took Moses, somebody who was super set apart and he took me and he took my parents and he took, um, my grandfather and he took my friends and, um, he, he brought us from our consecration and he was like, I have a calling for you. I have a plan for you. And he spoke to us and he called us out and he was like, I want you to do greater things for the glory of my kingdom. And specifically after hearing that for so long um, and seeing this response from Christ and all the things that I was saying, I, I like started to have this hunger for Christ, which brings us to my next point. And my notes is God is looking for people who hunger for his presence and to seek it out. Um, he's not looking for somebody to help out. Um, he's not looking for a different Moses who sat on that in front of this burning bush and was like, okay, I get that you're saying who you are and whatever, but I think that I really want to just go home and eat. Like, I th I'm just really hungry right now, actually. Or I would just actually go rather have, um, hanging out, hanging out with my friends right now. Like, um, there are just so many things that I'd rather do with my time. And getting rejection from, um, the Pharaoh is just not really on my list of things to do today. So, um, I think I'll pass on that. God isn't looking for somebody that's constantly saying this. He is going to use people who are broken and dried up and weary and whatnot 
because that's what he does all throughout the Bible. I don't think you could find one situation in the Bible where the Lord chooses some perfect, flawless, sinless person in the Bible to use for the glory of God except for his son, Jesus Christ, the one that he created and sent down to this earth for everybody else. He always uses people um, who are totally lost and far gone um, and a total consecration from him. Moses, a murderer. Mary Magdalene, she was possessed by a devil. Um tax collectors like Matthew like everything in between he has used so many people that are so far gone um but it was their response and their eagerness and their hunger and their compassion and their curiosity that brought them to where they were with the Lord not they're sitting there and saying like yeah hey I just want to go home and eat some chips like I'm just not here for this today I'm a little bit tired I really just want to take a nap and then we can come back to this chat like no he searched them out because he knew that they were hunger for this. They were hunger for this um, new life and this new compassion and this new curiosity. Um, and that was mostly what the, that sermon was about today. It was um, the calling on the mountain. It was Mount Sinai. It was these mountain moments that focus on the calling and the consecration um, and a talk with Jesus Christ. Um which comes to Matthew 5. Um, the passage in Matthew 5 that he really talked about today was um, salt and light. Um, the salt and light passage um, says this. I'm actually going to read from it. It says, you are the light of the, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall it have his saltiness? And how should it be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underneath people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under the basket. They put it on a stand. So it gives light to all the people in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see the goodness works. The good works for you and give your glory to the Father who is in heaven. Um, boom. One period. Um... Two, um, it is such a good example for how the Lord wants to use us. Um, how can salt be salt without saltiness? Um, and how can a lamp be a lamp if we're not going to use it and we're not going to keep it lit? Like, how can you shine your light if you aren't turned on? Like, if you aren't turned on for Jesus? Like, um, it just keeps reminding me of the, like, this little light of mine song. That's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the week, but, um, Anywho, God wants to use us. He wants us to be the salt that we need in our guacamole. Um, because guacamole isn't gua guacamole without salt, you know. Our relationship with Christ isn't a relationship with Christ without the Christ in it. Um, searching out on your calling isn't the calling without being obedient to God and what he has for you. Um, spreading the word of God isn't spreading the word of, word of God if you don't have a good relationship with Christ yourself. If you don't know how to do it. If you don't know how to speak to others. Um, it's just exactly that. Um, which brings us to another situation that I know I highlight in Exodus yeah, 19. Um, it is turning this situation where you have seen God and you just don't know how to do anything about it. And it is like, here, like this is what I want you to do. This is what I need you to do. So Exodus 19.4, you yourselves have seen what I have done to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you do indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for this earth is mine, and you shall be to 
and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the priests of Israel. Um, it's, it's sitting down and stating that you have seen my goodness and you have seen the goodness of God. Um, and I want you to show others. And if you show others and you do exactly what I've said and you are obedient in your um, relationship with Christ, you shall be my kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Um, like if you are the salt and you, you do what you're supposed to do and you are the lamp set on a high stand for everyone to see and to keep light in this world, you will be my, um, holy nation. Like I will build a kingdom, um, out of you. So with all of that being said, um, it brings me to another point that you should be like a city on a hill. You were called to be in the great kingdom of God. Um, you just have to be obedient in that. Um, we had a talk in church today about totally missing the point, about sitting down in church and um, going every Sunday and doing what you need to do, waking up, praying, praying before you go to bed, all of that in between, but you just don't understand. Like you're still lost um, and you're just not seeing the whole point. You're just missing the point. Um but God wants to encounter us in those moments. He wants to encounter us in our deserts that we can live out our destiny and help us lead others out of their deserts. Um, which was something said by the pastor today. God wants to use us in our brokenness so that not only we can become stronger and come out of that brokenness stronger um, as a person that God is going to use, but he's going to use that and use our pain and use our um, willingness to be stronger and to submit to God to help others find that through through him as well. Um, so bringing it all to kind of a sum, um, at the end of the sermon, our pastor said, if your calling does not end in it to build the kingdom of God, you are missing the point. Um, if you come from the area where you sit at church on Sunday and and you you do all these things and you go through the motions but you just still don't understand or you go through the motions and you think that you're doing it right but you're still just not um, and you're just totally missing the point in any situation that it might be. Um, go to the Lord. Pray to Him. Um, talk, talk to somebody about it. Talk to the church about it. Talk to me about it. Everything in between. Read the Bible. Dig in. Try to figure it out. Um, but if you, you are so eager to submit to Christ and you hear this calling from Him and you're sitting in silence and He's just like, okay, Caitlin, 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 or whatever your name might be. And He's sitting there and He's just like, this is my calling for you. This is what I have for you. I just need you to obey. Um, biggest biggest thing about this ever is to just submit you might not know what he's going to do you might not understand what he's going to get out of it you might not be comfortable with what the god lord what the lord has for you and what his calling is for you but just submit to it because you might not always understand but he has a plan um and so you might be missing the point on that and about how you're sitting with God and you're like, but I just don't understand. Like, this is my calling, but I don't like doing that. Like, you want me to go out and publicly speak in front of people, but I have stage fright. Like, I don't understand. You're totally missing the point and what God has for you and his calling. He wants you to go out and change the lives of others and to change your own life and to help others come to God. Um, through this calling that he has for you. But if you're going to sit there and argue with him about the fact that you have stage fright, you're totally missing the point. 
you're totally missing what um, a calling is. If you want to serve the Lord, but you're just not going to be obedient with it, then you're not doing it right because you're not doing it for the glory of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Um, you're not doing it to build a holy nation. You're doing it on your turf. You're like, hey, I do want to be a leader um, and to help others in their relationship with Christ, but only if it's on my turf. Like, only when I want to, only when I'm free, only with the things that I'm comfortable with. And going to be really, um, really honest with you, that's just not going to happen. Nine times out of ten, like, that's just not, that's just not the ordeal. Now, um, I have been called to, um, write and to have a podcast and to do certain things, but believe it or not, like, I actually hated to do these things, um, when I was younger, I was really good at, um, like, public speaking. I was on the AMPT team at church, which was the worship group for um, the younger kids. It was, like, who got to go on um, during church and teach people the motions of these songs. And I was I acted for the skit in my um, K through 5th grade um, area in church like I did all of these things and then I got to middle school and people started bombarding me with their opinion and I was just like nah I'm good I'm I'm done with that no thanks like I don't want to be judged this is not for me like um I'm I'm gonna try and lead others to God but only on my turf like that's just what I want to do which totally ended up with me lost um and me not knowing what I was doing because I totally missed the whole point of the fact that God has a plan through all of it even if I'm not comfortable um so I stepped out and I started writing a blog and I started this podcast and um writing a devotional and everything in between and um not only did God use me and begin to use me and he is using me but he has helped me find comfort and find peace and find joy in these things that I was so terrified of um so like my biggest thing right now is just don't miss the point like if you are eager um to have a relationship with Christ and to find that to go out and to search that and um be so serious and sit down with that like don't miss it by not getting it. Don't sit down and be like, hey, I don't want to do this. Like, don't try and do this on your turf because the whole point of this calling and fulfilling this calling that Jesus has in your life is to fill the building of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It is not supposed to be on your turf. It is supposed to make you stronger by being on God's turf. It's supposed to be there for you to sit and to dwell in and to become more comfortable and to let God have the control. Um, and to let God be the center of your life and to obey him so that he can bring you comfort. He can bring you, um, healing. He can bring you, um, success and fulfillment and these things that he has, um, for your life, just as long as you submit to them and you don't miss the point. Um, but that is my podcast for today. As I said before, sometimes I kind of forget about all the things that I've talked about. So I hope that it wasn't too rambly um, and all over the place. But if you do have any questions, um, my Instagram DMs are always open. Um, I'm always here to talk. Um, and if you did want to go through any of these passages, I really... Um, I really suggest doing so. It is Exodus 3, um, Exodus 19, and then Matthew 5, um, specifically Matthew um, 5, 13 through 16. What's the salt and the light? Um, so, yeah.